<laughs> Are you laughing at your own joke? No, I'm laughing at something in my head. I didn't even say it yet, but you'll hear it. <laughs> Start the timer. Welcome to the Location Indie Podcast, a behind-the-scenes, unfiltered, no-holds-barred look at the realities of the location-independent lifestyle from two guys who are living that lifestyle. I'm Trav, and I may be wearing pants, or I may not be. <laughs> God, I don't even know where to go with that. <laughs> um. <laughs> it's pretty hot in this room. It's like 95 degrees and I have a window air conditioner. Well, so, knowing if you I, if Travis, I'm not, if I'm not, can you blame me? No, and I also would guess pretty much at any time of the day that you're not wearing pants because I've hung around with you a bunch in various accommodations in various parts of the world and you don't wear pants a lot. <laughs> like, you wear underwear. You have underwear on. You're not walking around completely I pantsless. I may be wearing underwear, or I may not. <laughs> At first, I found it interesting, and then I just realized it's just one of the things that makes... One of those quirks that makes Travis special, and one of those reasons you can fall in love with him is that he uh, he just wears underwear. And, you know, it's funny because I think your wife just has gotten used to it. I think in the beginning, she just was like... <laughs> Travis, like, put some pants on, but then she just kind of gave up. She was kind of like, you know, the guy just doesn't wear pants. I mean, I, I don't, hey, I don't I'm know showing off less skin for sure than Europeans at a beach who are wearing Speedos. Eh? And that's, well, that's in public. True. I don't know. I just always wondered, like, maybe you want to throw a pair of pants on when you have guests over. I'm just saying. Now, mm, I wouldn't... Yeah. Quanti- I wouldn't- d- d- depends how important the guests are or I how well I know them, I guess. I, I guess, actually, in the hierarchy of... Um, Travis is like, you know, who, who's important to him. If you're not wearing pants, does that put me like near the top of the list? I, I would say yes. Yes. The okay, less clothes, so. the better. I, I, it seems to be the way. <laughs> That's um, that comfort level. I'm, uh, I'm Jason, the co-founder of Location Indie, the community. We're all about the travel, the freedom, the lifestyle. You can learn more at locationindie.com. The pantsless man, I turn the mic over to you. It looks like you're about to say something. Well, we're on Skype, and I can only see your head and the shirt you're wearing, so you may or may not be wearing pants as well. So here I am saying I might not be, but you also might not be. Um, Oh, jeans. Ugh, so uncomfortable. Um, (laughs) Yeah, super excited about today's show, because when we talk about a shift, right, and that's what we're going to talk about today, shifts in life, shifts in business, and these big shifts usually... What's fun for me, Jay, when I'm talking with people that we that we meet or, or that are other entrepreneurs or other travelers or other location independent people is that there usually is a few points in each people's life that they can point back to and say, this is when it changed. And you know, like like to a to a certain day or a very specific event. And it is this, when you look at your life, you say, all right, not every change is super drastic and, and everything is kind of a culmination, but there are certain markers in people's lives when they, you know, go after a lifestyle like this because it is different. And so I think it's really neat. And what I like hearing is people's stories around there. Like, when did you know this was going to happen? Or when did you decide to do it? And then when did you know it was like for you? And then when did you know that this was going to be 
something that you did for the rest of your life versus something you were just trying out. And it's really neat to hear their stories because everyone has these different Genesis stories and and these different shifts that happen. And I specifically have a few that we're going to talk about. And I know that you have a few. And here's what's cool is like, even though we know each other so well, I really don't know what you're going to say for, hey, what were some of the big shift moments that brought you to where you are right now? Because sometimes we internalize them and, and to us they're super important, but they never get said or they never get spoken. And that's why it's cool to do a podcast around this. Yeah. Uh, and like you said, these moments, they happen and it can be gradual leading up to that moment. And I don't know, coming out of this podcast, I guess I, I would say as you're listening to this, like, I wouldn't set expectations around like waiting for this happen like a day goes by and you're disappointed because it didn't happen or whatever because like Travis said a lot of times it's going to be in hindsight but then sometimes it's very much in the moment or the day after or immediately and um I remember on my podcast you were to travel I interviewed this guy Idahosa who teaches language learning and I'm studying Norwegian as some of you listen to the show or my show may know and he calls this the shift. There's this moment where like basically how he defines it is the conversations stop sucking, you know? And it's so true. And I, I Is that like a shift in dating too? I've been out of the dating world for a while because I've been married. <laughs> like it shift like all oh, the conversations don't suck. Maybe we are gonna work out. Well, that's why this is interesting because like this whole idea of a shift can apply to anything. You know, I'm I'm gonna give like a language learning example for me because he he mentioned that and I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, I wonder if that'll happen to me. And then it did because I remember I went to visit my in-laws. My wife's Norwegian and they're all Norwegian. And um, like we went, we had a family party or there was some kind of thing. And, and it was like the first time where it was my niece's name party. They have like a name party. It's almost sort of like a baptism, but it's a name party. And um, I remember like, at the end of that day, I was like, wow, like I had regular conversations and it wasn't like hula bula norsk, which translates to caveman Norwegian. Like it wasn't totally awful. And I could actually converse with different members of the family because there were the extended family there and everything like that. And it worked. And I was like, I think I just experienced the shift in language that's learning. A, that's one, awesome. I got to give them. you big props because. I, I've never had that with language learning, and I know how hard you have worked. And if you know some of the people have heard, yes, you live in Norway, yes, you learn Norwegian, but they don't know the extent that you've been going to classes for six or seven hours a day, three days a week, tests, all this stuff. Certainly, something you've committed three to. three and a half hours a day, three days a week, but then the homework and everything like that. There's it's it's intense. I'm trying to prop you up even more, but hey, it's, <laughs> it's it is it's very intense. Major props to that, and Jay, that is you're right. It can happen with different facets of life, language learning being one, any, any skill you're trying to acquire, there's usually some sort of shift. And I do think that the caveat that you put in earlier is really important that it's not something you try to force. Uh, it, you may realize it's happening in the moment, or you may realize in down the road that it happened, but it's not something you can plan for. Cause we do talk a lot about planning in to becoming location dependent and stuff like that. And don't just leave your job. And uh, for most people that drastic change isn't the best way. Like maybe you should plan and, and come up with a plan and work towards that. But the shift is different than that because it's, it's this like, it's a mindset usually. Um, it's like, and um, that isn't it's like if you imagine you that like a, 
a flip switches, you know, from like one position to the next. And it's just, it's there now. You can't go back, you know? I mean, I, I think that's, I mean, I remember though, after the language shift the next day, like I bombed in class and I was like doubting myself, but I know, I knew it happened because it happened. So you can almost doubt yourself, but um, I have a very, another very clear example I want to give, but I want to hear something that you experienced, Travis, when it comes to this whole I- idea of a shift. I would say my first major shift was the, I, I had a major shift with my mindset when I read the four hour work week, but that was a little gradual. Like I read it and then I started thinking of all these business ideas, right? This is or, in regards least, to location independence. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. or it was an idea. So that was a big shift, but it, it was a little gradual in terms of like I read it and then I now had a name for the things that I had been thinking about before location independence, entrepreneurship, blah, 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 blah. But that was like the first kind of mini switch because then my mindset did flip. Um, but my first real real, real shift that I can remember was the first, and I think this is probably true for a lot of people when they start talking, is the first sale that I ever made of my very own book. And so I had made some money online through affiliate sales and, and recommending credit cards, and that was great. But I knew that I didn't want to rely on that. And it was not my own thing, right? Like my, It was my own blog, and I was like, running it. But I remember I said, I'm going to write this book. And I did in September and October of 2012. And then I put it out and said, I'm going to pre-sell it. It's going to be half the price. And it's it's you can start buying it at noon on... I, it was like a Tuesday or I think it was a Wednesday. Um, and I can't remember the exact date, but it was mid-October. And I remember putting out an email to everyone saying it was there. And then it was just lived on my website. It was just a blog post that you could buy from. And I was like sitting there at noon thinking, oh my gosh, what is going to happen? And nothing, nothing happened until 12.04. And that first purchase came in. And I will tell you, like, it was incredible. It was like, you know, it's one purchase. It was like, I I think it was like $42. Obviously, it wasn't a lot of money. It wasn't going to change my world in terms of financially. But I thought, oh my gosh, I did it. I wrote something. It's out there. Someone bought it. Wow. <laughs> wow. Like I just made money off of something that I created 100% of. And um, that was my first shift to being like, okay, I, th- I-, I think I can do this. Now, there were a lot of pitfalls where I said like, oh my gosh, I don't think I can do this later on, which we'll get to. But that was my first shift of saying, okay, this is, this is feasible. Like this is possible. Someone did buy. I mean, I was scared, Jay, that yeah. no one would buy it because people said, oh, I'm interested. But they, no one had actually put their credit card and bought it. And until that happens, you're worried that no one's going to do it. And someone did. And I I, I was just shocked. You went bananas. <laughs> I was like literally running. I remember where I was. I was at a house that Heather was nannying at. These two boys were really good friends of ours. Like, you know, she was taking care of them. I don't know why I was at that house that day. Maybe because I didn't want to be alone in case it bombed. I don't know. And... um I was literally just like running around the room with them and they were young. They were like two and five. So they didn't know, but they just started running around with me yelling and we were all yelling and running around. And (laughs) then the older one's like, well, why are we yelling? I'm like, we just made a sale. And then they're like yelling. We just made a sale. It was awesome. (laughs) How old were they? I think they were two and five at that point. I don't know if there's anybody better to celebrate with than kids like that. No. Because they'll just go nuts for no reason. (laughs) I felt like a kid. Right. It was awesome. Right. 
you were that two and five year old in that moment. That's awesome, man. Like what a great feeling. Um, yeah, it's like just knowing when it's possible, it something happens and, um, I'll save my biggest one for last because I have a couple more. But uh, I think one of the big mindset shifts for me, again, like you and like a lot of people listening to this podcast, um, I don't know. The book's kind of old now, so maybe not so much. But reading The 4-Hour Workweek was one of those things where I was like, oh, okay, so that's how somebody does it, you know? Um, Because I understood the concept in a way, but I didn't really understand how you could actually do it. And... um. Tim Ferriss, you know, bless his heart. He put this book together and, you know, basically blew a lot of people's minds open, including mine. So uh, that was something that really got the wheel spinning like you. And, and, and I always felt like I had this this need to do my own thing. I always, I always use that term, actually, like, I want to do my own things. I want to do my own thing. I didn't really know what that meant or what that was going to be. Um, and then I went to the first WDS, the very first one, which is the World Domination Summit put on by Chris Gillibo. And uh, maybe some of you listening to this have been uh, the first one's become a big event now, but the first one was, um, I think 500 people and it was a bit obscure. Like I found this guy's website and I was like, Oh, this is cool. Like this, I'm, I, you know, I'm like kind of, he was traveling in every country in the world, but I had been living similar in a different way. Like it, cause it was all about being unconventional and I'd been working on the road and doing things that I didn't know anybody else was doing. So I was like, okay, like, that's cool. There's somebody else that's doing something like different and it's not normal. And there's this community. I don't really know what it means, but it's like, there's all these people sort of doing sort of different things. I, I I didn't, it was kind of weird. Like I, I bought the ticket I remember and I was like, I don't really know what this like, is. What like, does is this, this mean? What, is this going to, cause it wasn't like, yeah, it wasn't an established thing. And I'm like, is this going to be like one of those weird, like kind of culty things? Or is it going to be like the salmon? Like, I didn't know what to expect from the event. I just felt like, it, it felt cool. It felt like the right thing to do. And I remember when I bought a ticket, I was like, yeah, like this feels right. I don't know why. I just feel like intuitively I need to go to this. So I invested and I went and I just remember being there and being around all these people. I'm getting like the chills as I'm thinking about it because this is the, I had this buzz in my body for the whole weekend because I was meeting all these people doing these cool things. And I realized like, these are my people. You know what I mean? There's like all these people doing this stuff. Like this is what I want to be in. This is like kind of I, like everybody was doing different things. There were artists there and all kinds of people doing different things. So not necessarily um, location independence or whatever, but it was just a bunch of people like doing creative work, tr- creating these lives around things they were excited about and passionate about. They had good energy, positive energy. And I was like, this is like, I feel like this is right. You know, this feels like my next step for whatever. So there was definitely a shift there where I felt like, okay, like this, whatever path this is, like I am going now to fully explore this and see what it means and see where it leads. I I think hopping on the WDS train, it's hard to describe to people who haven't been because it is this amorphous idea of like just uh, you know he described it as unconventional an unconventional weekend for unconventional thinkers which is the tagline on the site right now because i went to it to see what year that first one was which was 2011 so it's hard to describe but when you're there you're like yep this is me this is my people just like you said so for me another big shift happened at wds not 2011 not the first one and not the second one because i remember wanting to go to both of those and living in japan and thinking 
oh man, like I would give anything to go to them. That was 2011 was even before I started my website, but I, I was in tune to this idea. And I remember thinking, I can't believe I'm missing out on these. So when I had the chance to go in 2013, because I'd, I'd moved home from Japan, I went, even though it was a huge, I've told this story a little bit, but it was a huge financial burden. It was $500, which is cheap for this event and for this conference uh, overall. But I was making like $2,000 a month maximum between Heather and I, because our, our business had like, you know, had crashed and all this kind of stuff. And I remember thinking like, I can't afford this. And Heather pushed me to go. And she was like, you have to go to this. You've been talking about it for two years. Who knows what's going to happen? You have to go. And from there, we met most of the people in the Paradise Pack who were contributors. We met there or hung out with there and, and built all these friendships. And the specific shift that I made, so that was like a big shift, was me going, spending money, investing in it, finding these people that I had no idea I would meet, like you and and a bunch of other people. But the very specific shift was the one person that I met there named Jacob Sokol, who I who I'd contacted a few months earlier, and we had talked on the phone because I found his website, and it was interesting. Um, he said to me, he's like, you have got to stop creating weekly podcasts and, and posting twice a week on your site, until, and don't do another post or another podcast until you find a way to start making money. Because I told you, I was making like $2,000 or less a month. My business had imploded. And he's like, you have to figure out a way how to make money with it before you do any of that. And I was like, no, no, no. People are, need this content. You've got to be consistent. Everyone says to be consistent with your content. And he's like, don't do another thing until you find out a way to make money. Because if you, who cares if you're creating content? If you have to like live on the street, you're not going to be able to create content. If you have to go to a normal job, you, yeah, you can create content, but then you're going backwards, right? Find out a way to make money. I went home and, and it was this obviously simple advice, right? Like it makes sense. Oh, you have to find out a way to make money. I went home right after that weekend and this idea that had been in my head of a video course, because I had done the book, like I talked about, this idea of a video course had been in my head for since I had done the book because people like, wanted even more information. And I went home the day after I got home from that conference. I put on my website, hey, I'm going to be doing a video course. It's registration's open for three days. It's only 30 people um, that can join. I put up on the site the first day, five people joined. And I thought, oh, crap, now I got to figure out how to create a course. And I spent literally three days, day and night, almost like 17 hours a day, figuring out how to create this course. Like, um, And I did it. And the first people started three days later. Um, and so that was a huge shift for me because I think I had 12 people join. They paid $149. So, you know, again, now I had just made basically what I was making per month in by doing one project that still exists today. Huge shift to me to be able to think like, now I figured out how to make some real money and have at least a plan going forward. Yeah, that's really exciting. And to see it all play out in such a short period of time. Jacob, man, love that guy. He's always got guy. some, he always dropping some knowledge. I will always give him props for that second shift <laughs> of just like, stop everything you're doing, stop everything you've learned, and figure this one thing out. And it really helped clarify it to me. And then That's I That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I got on board with location independence after I learned that term and then figured out, okay, well, this is because I love to travel. So this whole location independence thing totally goes with the travel thing that I've been doing for a while anyway. And um, I'm really into this. So I get amped up. Um, I I invest in uh, Sean Ogle's course uh, at the time, which uh, he was in the Paradise Pack as well. So I'm learning all these skills. I've read the 4-Hour Workweek. All this stuff's happening. And I... The first sort of minute, this wasn't a shift, but I, I was at the time like the only like sort of real job I had, which was like selling whiskey and, and spirits to different bars in Colorado because I wanted to be in Colorado for a while. I mean, I had real jobs on the road and I had like 
event contracts and stuff like that. But this was like a full time, you know, salary corporate, yeah, corporate thing, even though it was outside sales and I was just calling on bars and restaurants, which was actually fun. And I, I had been traveling so long at that point. I was like really psyched to be in Colorado and just be there and like have a regular gig and just hang out and be off the road for a little while. Yeah, totally. Um, so after the first year of that, though, I was like, yeah, I can't do this forever. Like, I need to do something else. And I'm still like, I want to do my own thing. I want to do my own thing. So I'm learning these skills, doing all this stuff. Um, by the end of the second year, I had set this intention at the beginning of that second year, I think, to go location independent. And I was just like, I'm, this is like a thing. I'm going to do it. Um, by the end of that year, I started working with my buddy as a consultant, doing business development. I'm like, all right, this is my chance, even though it's scary. I can totally relate to everybody out there when you leave the the salary job because it's scary because you have the stable thing and you're just letting it go. Um, and my buddy and I only had an agreement for three months. We're like, Hey, it's going to be like a three month trial. And if it works out, then we'll keep going type of thing. And I was like, all right, can I do it from anywhere? He's like, yeah. So I was like, all right, let's do it. So I started doing this and I worked doing business development for him in the event industry And later on, I decided to put some of these skills I learned around online business and all this stuff to create a site that would service the event industry. So it was, I've talked about it before, it was like a B2B site, a business to business um, site and a real niche, like real small, like, like basically servicing a very small group of people, like event production specialists in the experiential marketing industry. So I was like, I feel like this is a good idea, but I don't know if it's going to work. If you don't um, know what and- that means, he was selling vehicles <laughs> like the Meow Mix Mobile. It was good. Yeah, I mean, it's too hard to explain. It was just like custom trailers and vehicles that were used for events that were no longer in use, but highly customized. They had like stages built in and different things, and I was brokering them. So, um, but uh, I... I got the website out there and I'm going through all these struggles, figuring out how to do that and like put all these skills online and actually do something. And I'm sending emails and I'm like, all right, so things are happening. People are listing things and it's really exciting. And like something's happening. So like there was a little thing there where I was like, all right, this is like real. I'm doing stuff. I'm like doing my own thing. This is what it is. It takes work and it's real, but it's, and it's scary and everything like that. Um, so I'm like, all right, I have this going, nothing's really happening with it, but I'm just going to keep going. Cause I feel like it's a good idea. I'm getting a good response from people. And so then on the double side hustle, I was like, I love travel. I got to get my friend, Emily, um, Wapnick, who just released a book called how to be everything, which you should check out props. Cause she's in my ass market. She pushed me to do this travel thing. So I want to start this travel podcast because I was really passionate about it. So I started doing that. And then Travis and I met and then I approached him. You know, we had these calls and we talked about doing this Paradise Pack project together. So it was crazy because we launched this project in a very short amount of time. And then I also got like right before that, I was getting married too. Like right around this time, yeah, I think it was all all happening at once. I basically um, got my first sale on the event exchange, which was like a ten thousand dollar commission. I we launched the Paradise Pack and it was successful. Um, and I also hitchhiked around Scotland and like all this stuff happened. So I made like well into five figures in one month with like a couple different projects. And I was like, there was a dramatic shift because. I, and it was immediate. Like after I made all this stuff happen, like basically within a couple of days. And I think it was it was either after the Paradise Pack launch or after that first sale. I can't remember which one. But I remember I woke up the next morning and I just immediately knew I was like, I'm quitting my job and I'm doing this. Whatever this is, I'm 
going to be 100% entrepreneur and an entrepreneur and, and I was already location independent, but I'm not I was doing the full-time consulting. So I'm like I'm going to quit the full-time consulting, which was what what I'm saying is my job. Um because it, it was it was steady and it was full-time because I was working all all this other stuff on the side and I'm going to do this like I don't know, I'm going to make projects, I'm going to create things. I don't know what they're going to be exactly. I I have ideas and I'm going to go after them and it was very dramatic because it was like the, there was such a heavy switch flipped that like it was like so immediate that I was not going back. Like I was never going to go back to work for somebody again in any way. And it just was very dramatic. My my third um, my third shift is, is this is this as well as this idea of, OK, like that first sale was, all right, I made money online. I'm, I'm doing this. That second um, that second shift was like, okay, change how you're doing it to actually figure out how to make money. And the third one, w- the third shift, just like you had, was this for me was after the second Paradise Pack that we ran. So this would have been Paradise Pack 2015. And, you know, Paradise Pack 2014 that you just mentioned, you had that shift right after that or right before that as all that was coalescing, you know, was successful. But, but by no means like setting the world on fire but it it worked right so we did it again the second year and i think we quadrupled our sales um if that sounds right yeah we had we had basically quadrupled our sales and i remember thinking after that week for me the shift was like i'm not going back like because for i had been working and and making more money and a little by little by little but that was the breaking point for me when we had that last day and all those sales came in and we knew we were making an impact and everything had worked and you know we had we had worked like hours and hours and hours every day cuz we were actually together in Colorado um it, doing it Colorado and and Mexico doing it right and uh and it was over and i remember thinking this is now my life like i've made enough that even even if I didn't make another single dollar for the rest of the year, I'd be okay. Like, would I live a charmed life? No, but I would be okay. Like, it was the first time where I had money now that I could put away for for savings and for other things and to do to use for other projects and all that. Like, it was the first little bit of buffer I had as an entrepreneur. And I just remember thinking, all right, well... Sweet. Like, I'm not turning back. And you're right. It's a dramatic, crazy shift. And it's awesome. And I can remember it. I remember... Um, I'll give you my fourth shift, and you can go into your big one then to close this no, out. No, that because, was my big one. Oh, that was your big one. Okay. Yeah. that's I thought so. I'm like, I, I, yeah. man, does he have an even bigger shift? Because I can't <laughs> one-up that. Um, it's interesting, because I had that thought, Jay, and that was after Paradise Pack 2015, and then we ran it in 2016, and again this year in 2017, it's gotten bigger and bigger. Um, but that was the, the one that was like, this is it. But what was really crazy was, and I don't even know why this happened, and I cannot point to the, certain, to the specific date, but this was about a year ago. I was walking through the town here in Phoenixville, where I live, on a Tuesday, you know, I've gotten to do a million crazy things. We've done awesome things. We've traveled all over. Literally, I, I know it was a Tuesday because I remember thinking like, this is a Tuesday. I'm just walking around town. No, wasn't going anywhere. Wasn't going out to lunch. I decided to take a walk and I walked walked through town. And I thought, dude, I've made it. 
Like I've made it. This is what I want. Like I, I don't know why I was just walking around. It was like 1130 during the day. And for so long of my life, when I had have regular jobs, I just wanted to be outside in the middle of the day, like when it was doing a nice something. day out, not even doing <laughs> yeah. anything cool, right, like just right. walking. <laughs> right. And I remember thinking I've made it. And I, and, and all these thoughts started coming in my head. I said like Benny Lewis, who we're friends of friends with, you know, um, uh, Steve Cam, like all these people have like these books that, that are number like New York Times bestsellers and they're doing really well and they have these awesome projects and so do I. And I looked up to them for a while and I still look up to them in, in, in ways, you know, but I remember thinking like I am now surrounding myself and I can call those people friends and I have you and I have other entrepreneur friends that are a tight group. I call them friends and I remember thinking like, I will not fail for the rest of my life. Not, not that I won't have failures, but like I won't fail in this lifestyle because so many other people are doing it and that I'm friends with and that, I, that are, I'm supportive of and they're supportive of me, that it's just not going to happen. I'm not saying I have all the magic answers. Everything's going to be roses. But I just remember walking and saying like, this is it. I am now an entrepreneur. I will be an entrepreneur. And I don't know what projects I'm going to work on, but I've, uh, this is now Same my life. Same kind of thing. Like, yeah, it was, it's, it's dramatic. And, uh, you know, that shift that I experienced though, and it sounds similar to what you're describing where it was that sort of like that switch just flipped and you're like, this is what I do. This is awesome. I'm not going back. And it carried me through a tough time because not a little, not too long after that, but like later that same year, um, maybe like six or eight months later, because it was the dry season in the event industry, there was like this long dry spell because nothing was happening in the event exchange and we didn't have much, we didn't have launched our community or we, there was just not a lot going on. And I remember being like, oh man, like this is month after month and I'm not really making much money. But because I'd had this shift, I never, I, I think I had a couple fleeting thoughts where I was like, oh, maybe I should like go get a job or something. So this doesn't, but then I was like, this shift was so dramatic that it was like, no, like I've done this before. I know I can create things with my mind that can work. And I've seen these skills I've developed over the years work in totally different types of realms. And there's just so much possibility. And let me just keep my energy here and like things will work out. And they did. Um, and Travis, I have to say a quick thank you to you because, you know, certainly having a partner in crime through, um, these, you know, through the projects that we've shared, um, has helped push my game, you know, between you and the mastermind group that I'm in, um, and the community location indie and everybody there's Chris is buzzing us. I know, um, constantly surrounding myself with other people doing this and then working closely with them has kept my game, uh, up and my attitude good and feeling good. And that's what like community does because you do go through these, like Travis said, you can have these shifts, but it doesn't mean like you're not going to fail again or you're not going to like feel like, oh, maybe, you know, you doubt yourself or whatever that that's going to happen. But then these this shifts can carry you through and so can the people that are around you that have also experienced similar things and are on the similar uh, lifestyle path. Yeah. And everything you said, I, w- I would echo right back to you, Jay. I, I the, the thought that the phrase that kept going through my head when I when I was walking down the street that one day and, and does now, it's like is the phrase too big to fail. And it's not perfect for our situation because it's not like, oh, our companies are too big to fail or whatever. But it's it's in your head, you're like, I am at a level and I cannot go below this again. Like it just isn't going to happen because of the support system I have, because I've been able to do it. Yes, there will be little failures, but I'm never going back to what my life was like before. 
And uh, that's obviously a super dramatic shift, and it's a great one that we've been able to have. Um, we'd love to hear your shifts as well. Big, small, I mean, that's the point of shifts. Like, none of them should be taken for granted, and none of them are too small to not mean anything. Um, you know, making one $42 sale of a book was one of my three, four biggest shifts of, of, of my life at this point. Uh, so, like, nothing can be too small. So, don't try to create a shift. You know, you can't force a shift to happen, but be aware of it. Sometimes you know it in the moment, and sometimes looking back at it, you're like, that was a major, major shift. Um, so just be aware of them and, and just keep rocking forward. And when they do happen, revel in them. Run around screaming. Yeah, run around screaming like a two and five year old. I mean, don't ignore it too. You know, you, you can, I think that it can be tricky. You know, you could talk yourself out of it. Uh, I think I, I, I even, after that happened for me, when I realized I was like, no, this is it. Like, this is happening for real. Like, I'm leaving this full-time consulting gig. I'm doing this. You know, even later in the day, I was like, well, you know, I, I want to talk to Anna Dorta, my wife, about this a little bit and like see, get her thoughts. And I was like, I was like, no, no, like I know in my heart, this is, this is like what's happening. Like it's happened. Like I can't, whatever my mind tells me, it's like my heart and my gut knows this is it. Like it's changed. So yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Hit us up Twitter at pack of peanuts at zero to travel or uh, hit us up team at locationindy.com because we always get to have a look at uh, emails that people send there as well. Um, and we would love to hear, like Travis said, big, small, location independence, language, whatever, facet life. Of life. Let us know what you thought about uh, this episode. Trav, do we have time for an inside LI? Or I think we'll we save this inside out? LI. Chris buzzed this a long okay. time ago. We got to be, we got to make sure that we, um, yeah, that we honor Chris's buzzing. All right, so we're shifting gears. We're shifting and we're going gears. To- yeah, guys, um, if you are interested in location independence, if you've been listening to this podcast once, twice, 80 times, because there's been 80 so other episodes, um, check out, and you're not a member of our email list yet, check out locationindie.com. Uh, enter your email there. You'll be on our newsletter. You'll get to know when we open it again, because we only open it a few times a year, our community. And you'll also get a bunch of goodies and things like that. So check it out, locationindie.com. We'll see you next time. Peace.